is the Game of Life. Welcome to the Game of Life. I'm Gail Nelson, your host, president and CEO of Big Brothers, Big Sisters Miami. And I am in the studio with a bad sister, Leanne Buchanan, president and founder of Air Ventures and the NIA Project. Let me tell you a little bit about why this sister is so bad, and bad is a good thing. Writer, strategic advisor, sought-after speaker on Ready, because if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. R-E-D-I, racial equity, diversity, and inclusion. Strategies for organizations and innovative ecosystems. As a founder, Leanne Buchanan has launched ventures from concept to scale, raising over $4.5 million in equity-free capital to scale numerous ventures. Leanne has been recognized as one of the most influential black business leaders in South Florida, a McClatchy, Florida influencer, one of Miami's most 50 most powerful and influential black business leaders, a black enterprise magazine tech trailblazer, and American Bar Association top 40 young lawyers. Welcome to the studio, Leanne Buchanan. You are a bad sister. Well, thank you so much, Gail. I'm excited to finally be here and to get into what I know will be a fun conversation. Let's start there. Let's start with you. And Leanne, you have done so much for the Metro Miami area, and you're already thinking about the next move. You got some great things happening. You've done a lot of great things, but I want to just hit the pause button as we get into some discussions on race and access and investment and our partnership as well. But where'd you grow up, sister? And who was that that person or those people that influenced you to be the strategist you are today? So that's a great question. Um, I am originally from Canada. Mm. I was born in Toronto, but I grew up in Vancouver, and I didn't come to America until I was 16 to attend college. So as you can probably tell, I skipped a couple of grades, and that's what brought me here at such a young age. But to your question specifically around who were, who and what were the most influencing factors mm-hmm. on my development and my growth and kind of who I am today, I'm a I would just say it's it's a variety of experiences. A lot of what I focus on in the work with NIA Project and some of the training that I do around leadership and racial equity is really around experiential learning. So I would say it's a combination of the various experiences I had growing up. I studied music. I went to performing arts high school. And so the opportunities to be immersed into the arts, cultural, and also film industry was something that very much shaped my passion for storytelling. I interned at the law courts in high school, and so that solidified for me um, my passion for the law. I'm also a recovering attorney, so I practiced law (laughs) before um, transitioning into tech and innovation. And then I would also say the experience as an immigrant or first generation in America, my, my mom and my dad, they're from Jamaica, and while I had the opportunity to go to Jamaica, to school in Jamaica for a small period of time as a, as a kid, I think that experience as an immigrant or a child of immigrants is, is a common to a lot of people in Miami, given that over 50% of our population is foreign born. Mm-hmm. But for me, being in Canada, it was interesting for me to understand that, um, that the kind of cultural references, kind of the ethnic background shaped a lot of how hard I work, how focused I was on academics, 
how if you see anything on Instagram, you know, immigrant parents, Jamaican parents in particular, are they like don't they don't play with academics. So straight A's are <clears throat> definitely a priority. Um, and then also say my mom, she is similar to me in the sense that she's had a chance to wear many different career hats. And so for the most part, she pretty much encouraged me to do my best, always do my best and to um, never compare myself to others, recognizing that there would always be those that were lesser and greater than you. And so that instilled in me a sense of an internal locus of control and really focusing on maximizing my potential. I love that. When we think about potential, we think about how someone views themselves and what great <laughs> advice from your mom. You no, know, there's, there's somebody that doesn't, there's folks out there that don't have what you have and there's those who have more. So perspective on self. So many of our kids, when it comes to race, are made to feel as if they may not be good enough. And systemically, let's just deal with race and, and, and systems. And our focus is always building mutual trust and respect. But when we talk about just kids based on their zip code who lack the basic coaching, the prep, the finances mm -hmm. to put themselves in position to succeed. I want you, let's, let's have this open and honest dialogue, sister, on, on race, because this is an exciting time yeah. for Metro Miami. It's exciting time, tech, innovation, strategy. We're going to get into all of that. But our littles are listening. Mm -hmm. Nine out of ten kids we serve are black or brown here at Big Brothers Big Sisters Miami, and they need the access, they need the investment, they need the mentoring. So who better than Leanne Buchanan, the strategist, to talk to me today about let's start let's start with race. Yeah, it's um, I think race is sometimes such a taboo and complicated topic. Uh, I also approach it from a different perspective, not being from. The United States and having a very different context being from Canada and also my family's from Jamaica which is a majority kind of minority country and the nuanced experience around the racialized identity is very different in both of those backgrounds so I think I bring to it a different lens uh, for me the platform that I leverage the most to really think about how to equip young people, particularly BIPOC, black and brown students from disadvantaged um, backgrounds, um, is NIA Project. And so NIA Project, which I know we're going to talk a lot more about, mm -hmm. is really an organization that I founded in 2014. And it's um, designed to bridge those systemic gaps in access and opportunity that are more pronounced for students from disadvantaged backgrounds. And we do that in two ways. One is around leadership development through um, relatively competitive uh, leadership training program that includes international fellowships abroad uh, during the summers, as well as leadership training for our finalists, which you've, you've had an opportunity to be a part of. So incredible. Thank you. And the second way is around college strategy coaching, so tech-enabled college strategy coaching that essentially is Khan Academy meets college strategy in a platform that has the masterclass production value. 
And when I started the NIA project, um, it was just a trip. It wasn't a fellowship program that was focused on leadership. But for me, I wanted to create an experience that not only taught students that leadership is a verb, and it's a verb that is cultivated through an understanding of purpose, and it can only be lived out in a very unique and personalized way. And secondly, which most people don't know, is I wanted to give them an experience that would set them apart on their college um applications in their essays so that they can increase their chances of winning scholarships. Mm. For me, I've never paid for school, not undergrad, not law school, or executive programs at Harvard Business School or Columbia uh, Graduate uh, Business School. And I've coached students for the last 10 years with a 100% success rate of getting into college, and just around like a 95, 96% scholarship acquisition rate. And those are mostly NIA fellow students. And so, yes, Race is complicated. Race is a, um, it's kind of this duality of identity experience as well as kind of cultural constructs. But I think to bring that back down to the practical, when you think about race, you think about what are your pathways to opportunity. And so for me, the most practical way to kind of bridge some of those gaps is really around creating pathways to access and exposure and pathways to more opportunities through NIA Project. And with that, let's, when we talk about college access and, it's, and the investment and some of the economic barriers for kids, tell me about that industry. Oof. Well, so what most people don't know is when you disaggregate college matriculation data for students that are graduating from high school and going to college, there are pronounced disparities along racial lines. For example, um, I think last year only 50.7% of black students who graduated from high school actually matriculated to college. When you looked at Latino students, it was 63.4%. The average was much higher. So there are these disparities around college access. And most people would say, oh, well, what does that, what do you attribute that to? Mm -hmm. So a couple of things. First off, um, the college prep industry is about a $2.2 billion industry. That's billion with a B. Billion with a B. I say it's the billion dollar problem that nobody talks about. And so what that means is it creates these um, these real disparities around socioeconomic lines that prevent students who are from low to moderate income backgrounds, who might be first generation, who are from zip codes that do not necessarily have the additional resources to um, support students with the type of, of coaching they really need. Because the reality is getting into college and winning a scholarship is not about the basic competencies that are measured by the SAT or your academic scores. It is a combination of competency and skills. And those skills are really around things that we try to address through access, which is how do you write a resume? How do you interview well? How do you write a college um, essay or personal statement that not only is well-written but compelling how do you get your recommendation letters together how do you develop the mindset that's needed how do you track your time and manage your time how do you understand your learning style how do you think about financial aid and those financial literacy decisions those are skill sets that unfortunately um, most school districts around the country do not include as part of the common curriculum it's not included as part of cap it's not like a cap course that says these are the skills that we need to develop and test on. And so for students <coughs> that don't have a family member, the ten to $15,000 it costs to pay a private college coach, 
um, or maybe not near project or access to the access platform, they're at a fundamental and systemic disadvantage. And so I am really passionate, and that's what we're thinking about at Near Project, is how do we bridge that gap with something that leverages technology to create access at scale? And you go back to what your mom mentioned to you. The strategy, the focus, the perspective, the mindset, there are those who don't have as much, there are those who have more, but you don't compare yourself to anybody. I've seen and heard our littles unfortunately, not feel as if they are, quote, unquote, good enough to mm -hmm. go to college because I may take this standardized test. I don't do as well as other students. And to your point, the skill set, the training, the coaching, in order to get ahead, if you only pay, take this course for X number of dollars, enroll in this for X number of dollars, there are some economic barriers mm -hmm. And so it's not so much that our littles need to be fixed. Our kids don't need to be fixed at all. It's exposure. It is access. And what I would add, Gail, is the way in which the content that I've really developed over the years that is included in the access platform is um, presented is very different. So oftentimes content is presented as a check the box. Okay, yes. this is what you need to do. Copy and paste. Now you've got a resume. Um, this is what you need to do to get a recommendation letter. Copy this form email. What we focus on is really developing that capacity through understanding the reason behind the rule. So when I went to law school, one of the first things that we learned was if you remember the reason behind the rule, you will never forget the rule. So everything we do through NIA Project, NIA is actually the Swahili word for purpose, is we anchor each skill set in learning why. Not just a general why, but a developing a personal understanding as to why. Why are you asking for these letters of recommendation? Why will this person, like, what is this person able to speak to you about? Is it your leadership skills? Is it your experience? And I find that anchoring everything in purpose provides students that maybe um, don't have the confidence to develop the confidence because they're going to know that this is personal to them. They will take the time to develop the reason that will drive their ambition, that will drive them to complete it, that has nothing to do with a cookie cutter um, um, example that's given to them. They will develop an emotional resonance with the topic and they will develop a purposeful attachment to each skill set which is why we see students that are now going to grad school, PhDs, going back to the content and saying, oh, I need to use it. I need to like go back and re-up. There's students that have won scholarships over the summer, study abroad, competitive internships, they keep going back to this content because they know it is anchored in them understanding who they are, why they're here, and what value they have to add to the process. We're here in studio with founder strategist, Bad sister. You need to add that to your bio as well. Leanne Buchanan uh, here on the Game of Life Mentoring Podcast. And when you were a child, the Game of Life, that, you know, again, the literal game of life. Why did you like that game so much? It's interesting. We were talking about this beforehand. And most kids these days probably have no idea what the Game of Life they is don't. or Trivial Pursuit. True. Or any of these old school games. But I really like the Game of Life because for me, um, it was really about understanding how to navigate uncertainty. Mm. 
And the older I get, the more comfortable I become with discomfort and uncertainty. The only thing that is certain is that nothing is certain. And so um, developing the strategic skill sets to really create confidence in my capacity to navigate anything that comes my way is probably why I definitely self-identify as a bit of a polymath, which is why, as we talked about beforehand, I don't necessarily fit in a box. Yes, I'm a lawyer. I am also, you know, in the creative industries. I host a podcast. I produced and directed a documentary earlier this year that aired on Mm. PBS. I mentor, I speak, I coach, I, you know, I'm, I guess, technically the CEO and founder of multiple ventures. But that ability to be um, nuanced in your understanding of how to respond to circumstances and stimuli, as well as the ability to be nimble in how you respond is probably the reason why I enjoyed the game of life. Strategy. Yes, strategy. Read and react, as we, as we say in the sports world. See it, react appropriately. But it takes going back to that what is the purpose mm-hmm. so that intentionality that you have and everything that you that you do a couple key words now I want you to respond to these okay Miami technology innovation investment go who Miami tech innovation and investment okay um it's kind of like a word association game exactly. and I love games so you know Miami tech is 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 really having a moment, I think it's more of a movement. Good. I really do believe that the, the moment we're experiencing right now in Miami is one that can be sustained if we design an ecosystem around innovation, entrepreneurship, and technology that is ready, as we talked about at the beginning. And then I define that as really designing and architecting an environment that is creates access to opportunities equitable distribution of resources and a culture of belonging, which means that even the littles that are um, participating in many of the um, enrichment programs that are hosted by Big Brothers and Big Sisters can find the right pipelines and access points into technology. I think one of the opportunities we have is to really be intentional about how we solve for some of the drivers of inequity the technology happens to exacerbate. I personally believe that technology is a tool, much like our cell phones, it is a tool to achieve an outcome. The same thing exists for this tech ecosystem moment where we can see technology as a tool of equity. We can solve for gaps in access where students in some zip codes and locations do not have internet access at home. I think 36% of um, households across the U.S. are smartphone dependent and that Mm is not, um, that exists here in Miami as well. So things like Miami Connected is an initiative that's designed to give students just broadband access. Second is like thinking about the pipeline. To what degree do our students in the K to 12 experience have exposure to computational skill sets, coding, technology, and STEM experiences so that they can develop the appetite to pursue careers in STEM. You know, I think you've met my sister virtually. She's doing her PhD in biomedical engineering. Mm. Her undergraduate degree is in physics. She went to medical school. I think that that exposure by Mr. Oscarson, our seventh grade biology teacher, and how he used to allow students like her to hang out extra in the lab and do all these types of programs is probably what turned her on to STEM activity, but black and brown kids, unfortunately, are not having that same level of access to coding, 
um, blockchain, cryptocurrency, things of that nature. And then also it's upskilling and reskilling. Think about the parents of your littles mm. that maybe are stuck in cyclical poverty because they're working low wage jobs, which tends to be the median sources of income here in Miami. Well, technology um, skills and careers are often high wage, upwards of ninety, a hundred thousand dollars. That is a quick catalyst out of cyclical poverty. And then finally, small business communities. How do they become more digitally transformed so that they can be competitive? We saw that forty-one percent of small businesses that were black-owned across the United States failed in twenty twenty. And it wasn't just because they couldn't access federal dollars, because they weren't operating in the 21st century. So suffice it to say, I see technology as a tool of opportunity of access if we wield it intentionally and if we wield it correctly. Back to intentionality. Back to purpose. Yes. Air Ventures. Well, Venture Cafe Air Ventures, I mean, you're all about. It's like, how do we strengthen the ecosystem? How do we strengthen this environment? And so now, you of course, NEO projects. I'm putting all three of them here like little building blocks. Okay. Because you talked about the ecosystem. You talked about exposing, ex- access, investment, technology, innovation. Big Brothers, Big Sisters, Miami, partnering with the NEO project. I could not be more excited. I could be, I mean, one, getting you in the studio, but two, just give everybody a little teaser, a little preview Ooh, of yes. about what's about to happen as we not only invest the time, the coaching, the mentorship, but tease them a little bit. So Nia Project's access online platform is really the answer to a question that um, actually a friend of mine asked me. I think you're probably familiar with Guitars Over Guns yes. and my dear friend Chad. And we often have these brainstorm sessions to say, how can Nia Project grow and how can GoGo grow? And he said, Leanne, you guys, you only select 12 fellows a year. The majority of the students I serve are never going to be NIA fellows. And I was like, you're absolutely right. Maybe we serve 100, 250 with leadership programs. But what we'd been so quiet about for years was this 100% college um, acceptance rate, the 95% scholarship win rate. NIA fellows have won over $12 million in scholarships. Um, because of our coaching and because of the content. And so during the pandemic, we said, how do we make this available to more students? I said, what can we do to meet this moment where it is? And our fellows said, all of our friends want this content. Everybody wants to have access to access, but we didn't have a mechanism. So using technology through its enabling power, we developed a platform where we partner with organizations like Big Brothers Big Sisters to be that baseline content provider around everything that's needed to provide those college-bound and non-college-bound students with those skill sets to navigate the college application process. And so Access Online is an asynchronous platform that allows students and organizations to access the, the, I think there's like over 40 courses, 70 video lessons, 35 downloads, and more content being added all the time to make sure that they're equipped with the skills that they need. And so the beauty of access through our pilot in South Florida, partnering with Big Brothers Big Sisters, is all the students that Big Brothers Big Sisters puts in the platform can now have that baseline, and so only enhances the mentorship relationship, enhances the synchronous classroom time and coaching and college-bound 
um, supports that Big Brothers Big Sisters is providing to maximize one-on-one um, time so it's not teaching but reinforcing so that mentors can say what are my littles working on so mm. they can access the platform and say how do I help you with your college essay I don't need to teach you how to do it now I get to read it and really refine it and maximize your chances of success and so the way that we think about NIA projects it's an ecosystem we're here to serve the ecosystem of youth service providers Big brothers, big sisters being a new and I know what will be a long-standing partnership Absolutely. to be the first in to pilot this before we really make it public. So as I think about that little girl, mm-hmm. going back to all these first-generation kids, these young adults that are going off to college, in this same building where we're sitting right now, beautiful black girl sees a picture of me on the screen or some from one of our events and says, and who's that? And staff member, uh, Brother Ned Edwards, uh, black male staff, says, that's our president and CEO. And she says, no, it isn't. It, no, it isn't. So going back to perspective, mm-hmm. how we view ourselves. There's so many kids from communities, from zip codes, who either they've been told, they've been shown, or in some subtle or not so subtle way you don't belong there's room for everybody Miami tech innovation education access purpose we've covered the whole gamut inclusion so talk to that and again they brought it to my office I said I work for you baby girl that was exactly what I said (laughs) and the way she lit up and her smile was just spoke volumes I said I work for you because our bottom line here are smiles, and I'm so excited about this partnership. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited about giving our kids, all of our littles, access, because we were founded by a court clerk in 1904 as an organization. So, so we are social justice at our core. And ladies and gentlemen, for all that are listening, to all of our littles, our donors, our investors, our volunteers, when we talk talking about race, although it may be uncomfortable, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Exactly. This is not just a moment. This is a movement, and the tech innovation and investment in Miami is here to stay. Let's make sure our kids are part of it. So, Leanne, close us out. Talk to all those first generation. I know you've talked to many of them in many a workshop. Uh, So, sister, I'm going to let you close it out with not only with our partnership, but what their future holds because they're going to be at the table. That's a, that is a tall order, Gail. But you can handle it because you're a bad sister. Two things. First off, um, it's very difficult to be what you can't see. Mm. And so I always think about how do we, through every platform and opportunity we have, create avenues for increasing inspiration capital, which I define as the capital that you the personal capital that you that grows when you're exposed to people whose lived experiences reflect yours such that you can have a roadmap to what success and achievement looks like and so with access yes we're giving the skills but we're really excited to do when things get up and running is to launch our pathways programming where we're gonna add content that shows the pathway for diverse leaders like yourself 
but but you know on-demand video content to really understand what was that roadmap that got mm. you to being mm. um you know a professional musician a biomedical engineer a actor a um director a lawyer an accountant an executive a management consultant all of these things you need to see in order to understand the pathway and then secondly Yes, it's important to emulate and be inspired by people, but the two questions that I think are the most important questions that you will ever answer in life, and you will be continuing to answer this question forever, is um, who are you and why are you here? And the more we can create opportunities for young people to truly get a personal sense of who they are, not something that's been installed, not something that is cultivated by virtue of constructs, narratives, or culture, but to really understand their purpose and what value they have to add to the world at any stage of their lives, I think that is the, the key to dismantling so many systems of oppression that are designed to keep them behind. Game on. Game on. From the game of life on a literal board, uh, and planning for the future to mentors, investment, ex access, you know, education, and having folks that are tr true strategists at the table, planning ahead. You're already thinking about the next move. That's what makes strategy so much fun. Okay, check, done. And so we love the game of life. We love strategy. Leanne, it's been great having you in studio because in the game of life, everybody makes the team, but how you play is up to you, and that's real love. Hey, this is Gail Nelson, President and CEO of Big Brothers Big Sisters Miami, the host of The Game of Life, where everybody makes the team, but how you play is up to you. <laughs>